Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The countdown continues with London calling. Welcome to TC Live as we are just nine days away from Wimbledon. But before the tennis world descends upon SW19, we are all across Europe this weekend. Here's what's coming up on the show. It was a blockbuster semifinal in London. Two young stars looking to take the throne in Queens. Alcaraz, Corda, both trying to get a spot in their first grass court final. Plus, Nick Kyrgios making news before heading to Wimbledon. And it has nothing to do with his back and forth with Stefano Tsitsipas. And Kasper Ruud has ghosted the tour after leaving Paris. You won't believe how the world number four is prepping for his trip to London. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the weekend on TC Live. Come on into the studio, Steve Weissman. Back alongside Paul Anacone. We've got Andy Roddick over on the big screen once again. It is semifinal Saturday as we are all set for the championships. The pregnant pause. Where is our guy, Andy Roddick? I don't know. He's, where's, where's he at? Is he, oh, there yeah. he is. There he is. Hello. He's the safe. anticipation He's had safe. me going there, Andy. Good build up. Really good, really good buildup. I like that. Big buildup. Uh, unlike what we have for Wimbledon, because there's not a lot of buildup for the grass court season, Andy. And Petra Kvitova, two-time champ at the championships, looking very good right now. Yeah, and, and I'm kicking myself because we 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 showed the uh, the, the favorites and the odds for on, on the women's side for Wimbledon, and our first response, all three of us, so we're all responsible in this conversation, should have been, where the heck is Petra Kvitova on the short list uh, of favorites? Obviously, she's found some form earlier in the year in Miami. Uh, her favorite surface by far forever will be grass, and there is a different pressure set knowing this is the time of year that I have to shine. This is my most likely route to winning another Grand Slam. And then knowing that and then performing uh, like she has, uh, you know, it's it's like peanut butter and jelly, her and grass court tennis. Uh, she's just in full flight. She's so good on grass. I mean, one of the things I love about watching her is not only does she have the power game and the lefty power game, but what she does so comfortably is change direction. You know, you, we oftentimes see the big lefty forehands going into the backhand corner of a righty player. She goes down the line so comfortably with that lefty forehand and hits the ball so heavy, really difficult to defend against her. And grass court, look, that's where she loves to shine. And uh, she, she should be on that short list. She's on mine now. If I had a senior moment the other day, then I take full credit for it, but she's on my short list yeah. right now if i'm gonna get thrown under the bus i'll, I'll be there with both andy yeah. and paul i'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that 
Magic of Edinburgh. We'll have her highlights later in the show. But we start in Queen's Club in London. Big time matchup between Carlos Alcaraz and Seb Corda. First Americans make the Final Four in more than a decade. Corda and Alcaraz can take the top seat at Wimbledon with the title fall. Yeah, this was a matchup I was going to, I was wondering to see if Corda could take the racket out of Alcaraz's hand. He did breaking serve that first game, but then right in the next game threw in three doubles and Alcaraz then came up with that to break serve back. So that neutralized the initial uh, right hook to the jaw by Seb Corda. And Alcaraz continued to show us all the variety, the skills at the net, the ability to move from the back of the court and to defend against what I consider awesome power from the baseline. But it was Alcaraz able to steal more time, and it was a really strategically served match both guys trying to serve to targets where the other player couldn't get offensive when you missed that's what happened Alcaraz would rip a return Alcaraz used variety on his serve went to the body a lot then tried to do some things that made Seb uncomfortable just like that one to seal the deal on match point it was a lot of fun look out for Corda on the grass during Wimbledon gonna be rough to keep up with. Alcaraz into his 14th career final I'm getting better, you know, and uh, I'm feeling better uh, every match that, I, that I'm playing. And uh, right now, uh, I feel like I'm playing, like, for 10 years on grass. It's something, something crazy for me. Uh, I didn't expect to, you know, adapt my, my movement, my, my game so fast uh, on grass. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy with that. Ten years ago, he was only ten years old. Uh, all the semifinalists, 25 <laughs> years old or younger, Andy. Alcaraz will meet the winner of this match, Alex Demon or Holger Runa. Yeah, and this was going to be a huge question for Runa. As well as he's played to get to the semis, he hasn't played someone whose preferred surface is the grass. Uh, and the Demon certainly loves this. It does everything for his game. We know about the movement. He likes to flatten out that forehand. Gets a little help with the serve, uh, as we kind of see here throughout. But take it to the corners. Uh, Runa stayed there. He made a really great effort. But if the Demon's picking up half volleys like that and using that depth touch, there's only so much that can be done. Runa really fought to stay in that second set. But look at the way that flat forehand tails away uh, at the end. It just makes it so much tougher when you can attack those corners. Not dissimilar to what Paul was talking about with Petrick. A bit of a, obviously, di different hand, right hand versus lefty. But Demon has been com in complete control of his game this week and uh, looks great going into Wimbledon. Just nine unforced errors in this match saved all three break points into his second final of the season. So we are all set for a spectacular championship. These two had a three-set battle in the semifinals of Barcelona last year that Alcaraz won. First meeting on grass. Dimonor, the first Aussie to reach the Queen's Club final since Leighton Hewitt won the title back in 2006. Andy Alcaraz said after the match he did not expect to adapt so quickly on the grass court surface. How has he done it? Uh, listen, everything. let's start with everything that he likes to do fits with grass, right? If he figures out the movement piece of it, he likes going big, he likes taking cuts at returns, he likes going forward, he likes to volley. You know, maybe the chips needs to be improved a little bit, but there's no reason why the ceiling wasn't there. I didn't think he was going to find uh, the, the comfort level this quick. Grass, maybe more than any other surface, when it clicks, it makes sense very quickly, right? And it, we've certainly seen that in real time uh, with the Chuckster this week. Uh, but even the fact that he's saying it, he's not downplaying his chances. He's not saying, well, I'm still figuring it out. He uh, feels like he's in complete control uh, of the service. Going into this match, uh, I probably had it as a pick -em. I'm that impressed with Seb Corda on the grass and Alcaraz just 
you know, he he took the the, the first strike to Seb. What Seb likes to do to the other people uh, couldn't be more impressed with his progress. You compare uh, first round where he loses the first set and kind of has to battle to now where he's kind of completely in control of his devices. It's been a, a pretty fast fast transition. I think the biggest thing too is in today's grass court game. There aren't a lot of guys that can take the racket out of your hand just with serving and volleying. He doesn't have to fear a huge serve and volleyer coming at him left and right, no time to breathe. He, he can get the return back in play, get to neutral. He's awesome. I mean, and so that's what he's done so well on other, all the other surfaces. And Andy talks about his movement. His movement is so great, but it's about the balance and control he needs on the grass. And it looks like he's adjusting really well, and he's adjusting even better to understanding where he is is on the court surface, right? He can get up to the baseline real quickly and finish at the net when he has to. So it's been fun to watch, and, man, it's been a snowball effect going real quickly. Mm. It, it really has, and that's what we've seen from him, really, on every surface. He's only 20 years old. More from the Alcaraz quarter match coming up in our Hot Shots later on TC Live. But first, let's head to the semifinals in Hala. Battle of the Sashas, Andes, Vera, Bublik. The latter has reached a third of his finals on a grass court. Yeah, and he, he's a product market fit again with, with Bublik. Goes with a confusing conquer method. I mean, I don't know if that's a drop shot or not, but he likes to bring it forward and then hit the pass. We see this over and over again. Is happy just throwing this kind of middle-of-the-road slice, and this was a physical throwaway point down 40 level. It looks good on a highlight, but didn't really mean much uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. But just throwing that kind of little chip over there, inviting Zverev in, and then opens up the other one. Zverev had to come up with shots like we're about to see here to even stay in it. Bublik, even though he loses that point, that's a net gain as far as strategy goes. The right play uh, at the right time and tries to bring him in again. That's not quite a drop shot. He's there with time, but then is able to hit the passing shot again. It was a conscious effort to bring the person in and right here kind of playing uh, cat and mouse on the return. The pass is open again. Zverev had to stay home because he's getting passed up the line. And then you back up all of this awkwardness with a serve that can step out at 140. Bublik's the real deal on grass. Uh, the game translates. The Bublik enemy. 14 aces, only dropped two points on his first serve. Said the job is not finished. There is one last match. Who will it be against? Andre Rublev, Roberto Bautista, Goot meeting for the ninth time, Paul. They've each won four times coming in, but this, their first meeting on grass. Yeah, two great ground strokers. And... Uh, RBA, probably the best ground-stroking surface for him is this surface. It's the grass court where he can get some help and the ball goes flat through the surface. But Rublev, one of the fastest rackets on tour, can get up to the baseline, take your time away, and that's what he did the first set. He was the better player the first set, was more consistent, more powerful. And RBA did some great things in the second set, put a lot of pressure on Rublev, was able to get a little bit more offensive and beat him to the punch. Rublev was getting a bit frustrated as this match wore on but it was Bautista Gut that just stuck with it and it wasn't much to win the match because it was really just one little hiccup at 4-5 for RBA and Rublev gets through a really great exhibition of two tremendous grass court ground strokers. 12 aces, 180% of the points on his first serve back in the final for the second time in three years and there is our championship matchup in Germany. Rublev 3-0 in tour-level meetings against Bublik, but each match was a real battle. And Rublev trying to become the first player to win 500-level titles on the hard courts, on the clay courts, and on the grass courts. Even Novak Djokovic hasn't done that. Uh, who's a bigger threat at Wimbledon, do you think? Andy Roddick, Alexander Bublik, or Andre Rublev? Neither one has been past the fourth round. 
Listen, if the question is who would you bet on to make it further, I think the safest money is Rublev. But uh, as far as Paul talked earlier uh, in regards to Alcaraz saying there is only a handful of guys that are going to be all over you. They're going to serve and volley. They're going to play kind of this awkward brand of tennis. Bublik is one of those handful of guys. He can bother the top players. And it's going to be fascinating to see how uh, Bublik, you know he's going to come forward on his own serve. You know he's going to get in as much as possible. The telltale thing is wh what's he going to do with Rublev's second serve, right? It is something that you can attack. Is it something where he's going to kind of chip and hack away and invite Rublev in? Or is he going to try to kind of punch and maybe come in himself. This is going to be a fascinating matchup. I think it it more relies on the strategy of Bublik. We know what we're going to get from Rulev. He's going to stay back and just pound the corners, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how they go about uh, this chess match. Yeah, I think Bublik's got to continue to rely on the big serve. He's got such a good big first serve. If he misses a lot of first serves, he's going to struggle a little bit more to hold serve against Rublev. And like Andy said, what's he going to do on the return game? Is he going to junk ball him or is he going to try to come forward? I don't think the junk balling will work as well against Rublev because he hits the ball so early and so quickly it gets on you. I'd like to see him come in a little bit more, hit the ball big up the middle and finish at the net as much as he can on the return games, but still use all that stuff up to make him uh, out of rhythm, the slices and all the other things, but finish at the net as much as possible. If, if anything's guaranteed, it is Bublik trying to get you out of rhythm. Yep, he's in good at that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Much more still to come here on TC Live. We will be talking about the ladies in Birmingham, plus the women back in action in Berlin. It's an old-fashioned two-a-day training session with the quarters and semis both being played. See who made it to Championship Sunday. I have Tennis Channel on all the time. Uh, it's, it's normally when I when I wake up, I put on Tennis Channel to because I'm I'm working basically all the time as well here. So I want to know what's going on during the day, and I know that if I put Tennis Channel on, I'll see the matches that I'll be doing the highlights of later, and the players that I'll be talking about later. So what I like about it is we we've got the best people, the best people calling the matches. I was listening to Taylor Townsend, who's a current pro right now. One of the cool things about Tennis Channel is that we get current players to work with us, and whether it's Jeannie Bouchard, whether it was Sloane Stevens back in the day, whether it's Chris Eubanks or Shelby Rogers or Monica Puig, and we have all these players come in and work with us, and uh, we get that knowledge of what's exactly going on in the moment on tour, and you can get stuff that you're not getting anywhere else. And so I, I love the fact that I can watch Tennis Channel all the time, and it's the best. Happy 20th birthday, Tennis Channel. What an absolute privilege it has been for the past eight years. Still to come on the show, save your tears for another day. Kasparud acting like every day is the weekend. See how the world number four is preparing for a trip to Wimbledon. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them.
Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Paul Andy Steve back on TC Live. Reminder, Tennis Channel will once again bring you daily live coverage from Wimbledon. Tune in every afternoon and evening for extended match replays, expert analysis, and player interviews from the All England Club. I'll be there with Paul, Martina Navratilova, and John Wertheim. It all begins Monday, July 3rd. 130 miles northwest of London, the ladies getting ready in Birmingham. Anastasia Potapova and Yelena Ostapenko looking for a spot in the final, Andy. Yeah, and Ostapenko coming off of uh, a couple of big wins this week, one over Venus Williams as well. But Potapova wasn't going to lay down in, a, in this first set, really stayed the course, was able to switch directions. You see uh, exposing Ostapenko right about here up the line for the winner and to win the set. But we know Ostapenko can create so much pace. She's not going to be out hit. No one's going to have a higher risk profile uh, than she is. And she really stayed the course here. And you see her kind of using Potapova's, uh, some of her own medicine from, from that first set. And, uh, and really hanging in there. But uh, Potapova, you see the, the her core positioning from the first set to getting bullied in, a little bit more in the third set. She kind of just kept working her way further and further back. Ostapenko getting the better, getting the first hit in, in a lot of these rallies uh, and was able to close it out here in the end. Uh, moving on, not surprising. No secret how much she says she loves the grass and she's shown it here this week. Comes back to win her fourth straight three-setter into her first final of the season. Barbara Krejcikova had a straight sets win over Julin to reach the final. So we got a battle between the top two seeds. Ostapenko leading the head-to-head 4-2, including one in Rome earlier this year. Well, over in Berlin, started early this morning with the quarterfinals. Petra Kvitova took out Caroline Garcia in straight sets. Then Katerina Alexandrova got a walkover. Donna Vekic and Maria Sakkari set up a semifinal showdown. So to the final four we go. And we mentioned earlier this week, Vekic and so- said that Sakkari's support is a big reason why she didn't quit tennis a couple years ago. Today, Paul went from friend to foe for a couple hours. Yeah, this was a terrific match. Remember, it's old school two-a-days now, like you mentioned, right? Two matches for these two players today. And Donna Vekic using that awesome forehand and the power from the back of the court to make Sakari uncomfortable really does such a nice job with the forehand. Look at the footwork trying to create space, get up inside of the baseline and really feel comfortable pushing Sakari around the court, which is tough to do. So good first set for Donna Vekic. Gets down early break in the second, but doesn't flinch at all. Really nice job with her composure today. Loved watching her stay in the moment, not get away from her game plan, forget about what might happen, and just focus on what is going to happen. Took her a while. That's match point two saved. And here we are, match point number four, big forehand inside out. And there she finally finishes. But really a terrific job from Donna Vekic to control the rally, trust that power game, and forget about potential consequences and gets the W. With the title, she would get to a career-high 17 in the world. Third meeting between Petra Kvitova and Ekaterina Alexandrova, Andy. The Czech has won the previous two, including a three-setter earlier this year in Miami. Yeah, and what can you say about Petra Kvitova on this surface? Two Wimbledon titles don't happen by accident. And a lot of the mannequin makers this week, Steve, where people are just flat-footed. Look at the space between her winner and her opponent uh, guessing the wrong way. And Alexandrova loves the surface. One last week is uh, in great form. But Kvitova doesn't have to think much. I'm going to stand on the baseline. I'm going to pound those flat ground strokes. 
to the corners. I know that I'm extremely tough to break. You can't cover that serve and the wide one and the wide one and a bit of a moving on. She looks great this week, Steve. Mannequin maker. Love that. So we've got our final set in Berlin. Kvitova, Vekic, Pam Shriver getting up early once again. Said that 1.45 a.m. wake up was quite worth it today as Donna Vekic into her first grass court final since 2019. Time now to enter the social net here on TC Live. And we've got some big news surrounding Nick Kyrgios, last year's Wimbledon runner-up, withdrawing from Mallorca. So he will arrive at the All-England Club having played just one match all year. Paul, what's your reaction to that? Well, my first reaction is Andy looks really weird in that middle photo. <laughs> Where'd he go? We, we've lost Roddy twice already. That's my first. Oh, there, he oh, there he is. Okay, but my reaction is really one of, of nervousness. I hope Nick can get healthy. It's a better tournament. It's a better tennis world when his talents are out there playing. It's been a struggle for him. Look, since the knee issues, he hasn't been able to get out there and be healthy. So. Let's just hope. I just think when you haven't had a lot of reps and you're coming off an injury, even if he's healthy, it's a lot to ask for someone to have seven big matches, three out of five sets right out of the gate. So let's first hope he's healthy and that he can go the distance because uh, it sure is a treat when he's out on the court. Yeah, it's, it's twofold here. He's probably... You know, maybe the best in the world, maybe with Novak also, of not needing a ton of reps to play well and be effective most of the time. But also, his fitness was never better than last summer when he had kind of played his way into shape with Wimbledon, winning singles and doubles in Washington. And then all of a sudden, you weren't really worried about him uh, going the distance in those matches, like Paul said, and putting in the cumulative wins in a row, not just one fantastic performance. So uh, th this, is a, this is a huge red flag. You know, you do need some matches. Your body needs to be able to take some of that resistance uh, physically. So not great news for Curios fans, which is disappointing because obviously one of the best grass court players uh, in the world, a uh, couple sets away from the Wimbledon title last year. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, he did not look 100% healthy in that match against Yibing Wu in Stuttgart. Told his fans to be patient. We're all going to have to be a little bit more patient as Nick is out of Mallorca. Meantime, Casper Ruud's Wimbledon prep, well, <laughs> he'll arrive without playing any lead-ups on the grass. This is Casper living his best life after that Roland Garros final out on a boat with his girlfriend. You could say he's a star boy. Also attended multiple concerts of the weekend. Definitely not blinded by the lights, Paul. Look at that. He's emotionally training right now. He's just getting <laughs> mentally prepared from the boat picture. And here, he's working on his next career. He is going to be hitting the road. No one knows this yet. Mm. He and his dad, actually, are going to be hitting the road. The roots? As, yeah, <laughs> as, a, as a singing tandem. I'm just joking, guys. He's having a good time. It's deserved. He's done so well this year. And uh, let's see how he does at the grass. I think the big thing is he's going to be relaxed. And he's a great athlete. If he can get into the tournament, he'll do just fine. Andy, what, what do you make of the fact that he just embraces his lack of interest in grass court tennis? <laughs> Okay, so you just came out and said it. I appreciate that, Steve. You saved me from uh, you saved me from what I normally have to do. But listen, I don't think he's doing this before the hardcore season. I don't. I know he's not doing this before the clay court season. I don't begrudge him uh, this time. Listen, it's uh, January to late November uh, schedule. If you're one of the top players, you have to create the spacing uh, to address physical recovery, your mental health going into. Uh, Stuff like, listen, he's not going to be the most prepared guy at Wimbledon, but hey, Paul, like Paul said, if he can get past a round or two, then who knows? But listen, probably not one of the favorites at this point at Wimbledon. Now, let, can we get the audio on that? Is it, I'm just, Donovan, you got some audio? I just want to hear him belt a few tones out. 
He's only won <laughs> one career match in his life at Wimbledon. And by the way, his only grass prep of any kind has been playing golf over the last couple weeks as well. So <laughs> Rude knows what's up. He's just getting ready for the rest of the year post-London. Here's what's coming up tomorrow. We've got Championship Sunday for you starting 6 a.m. Eastern. All of the finals leading up to TC Live on course throughout the day. And when we come back, your hot shot of the day. Plus, getting you ready for all those championship matches. Welcome back. Time for our hot shot of the day. Andy Moore from Alcaraz and Corda. You know what's really weird, Steve? I just can't imagine a highlight where Alcaraz uh, would be involved in a hot shot uh, of the day. But listen, Sebi Cordo's not scared either to, to, to get in there. But listen, this guy's a human highlight reel. It's either him. Uh, Sebi had a ridiculous one earlier this or last week, I think, with the with the lob uh, on a shot kind of similar to this, but different different grade with Carlos Alcaraz. Make shots like that look easy time after time. Hey, listen, we might as well show it one more time for good measure. And I'm not sure if we saw the hot shot, but we saw more of Sebi Porta. Sick hairband, as always. <laughs> Loses the match, but gets the hot shot. Although, Alcaraz's volley is pretty sweet as well. Here's yeah. your center court coverage for Championship Sunday. All the finals coming your way starting 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific. Rublev, Bublik, Alcaraz, Demonor, Krejcikova, Ostapenko, and then Kvitova and Vekic. We're going to focus... On that one in London, Carlos Alcaraz, Alex Dimonor. If Alcaraz wins, he gets back to number one in the world and will be the top seed heading into the championships. Who do you favor in this matchup, Paul? I favor Alcaraz. I, I think Dimonor, this is his best surface, but I still think the best way to make Alcaraz uncomfortable is to try to hit him off the court. That's not something that Dimonor does. He's going to use his wheels, absorb power, and redirect, and I'm not sure how that processes into making Alcaraz feel uncomfortable because Carlos moves great. He can come forward. He can stay back. I think Demon's got to get out of his comfort zone. He's got to try to come forward early in the match and see if he can find a way to pressure the Alcaraz second serve. Mm -hmm. If he can do that, then he can create some discomfort. But, boy, there's just a lot of different ways Alcaraz can hurt you. Andy, what do you think is, is the pathway for Alex Demonor to get the upset? Well, he's going to have to go all at aggression, right? He's going to have to up the risk factor, like Paul was saying. He's not going to uh, come out on top of a lot of neutral rallies. I think he's going to have to up the risk profile on a second serve a little bit. If Carlos is getting looks and making returns and getting into points, it's going to be tough for, to problem solve uh, for the demon at scale, right? He's going to have to try to win some easy points on serve. He's going to have to mix up serve and volley. Uh, if Carlos knows what's coming, if he knows uh, what's predictable, that's when we start seeing the magic, the drop shots, the slices, the coming in, the staying back. You know, he has so many different ways uh, that he can knock you out. So for, for Demonor, he's got to create a, a special performance, attack lines over and over and over again. While that's the best path, best path to victory, that also is the riskiest that can manifest in errors. And that's always what the greatest players make you do is play a little bit above your comfort zone. Errors start to creep in a little bit more. Top seed and title, big deal for Alcaraz heading into Wimbledon? Give him some confidence? Uh, you know, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, if I was coaching him, I would downplay it a lot. Whether he's seated one or two, to me, doesn't really matter. To get to number one in the world, again, is great, but he's done that once mm -hmm. already. I think now he's probably at the stage where he'd like to finish the year number one, um, which is a telltale sign of an accumulation of a great year. But look, it doesn't hurt to be seated one, but whether he's one or two, I don't think it's going to make him do any cartwheels down the street. Huh? 
We are looking forward to it. We will have all the finals for you right here on Tennis Channel starting early tomorrow morning. Set the alarm clocks as we are just over a week away from the championships at Wimbledon. We will see you tomorrow for Championship Sunday here on Tennis Channel. For Andy Roddick, Paul Anacone, our entire team, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks for watching TC Live.